already been blessed this morning. Lord, you're just so good. The Lord is moving over the earth. That's why the shaking's going on. The cream has got to rise up. If we're the cream, we need to be rising up, huh? We don't want buttermilk. Come on. <clears throat> Have you noticed that they've quit talking about global warming? They're talking about climate change now. Because the planet has cooled by 0.7% degrees in the past century. So they had to change their terminology. And all this Green New Deal and all the things that people have tried to do. I read an article <clears throat> this week about the carbon dioxide and it said uh, one volcano will do away with the past five years of all the Green New Deal. You have to start over. And there's over 200 volcanoes around. So It's just interesting, and God's got a plan in all of it. Now they're after your gas stoves. Come on. Just more of the manipulation that's going on. And a dark website known as Biden Cash released more than 2 million credit card and debit card numbers and details screenshots of them over seven almost 750,000 of them a covid testing company faked faked test threw the samples away while taking 83 million from the government i mean that's the world we're living in nobody's going to look after your interests better than you do and you better have god's ear in it but here here's some sad really sad news Biden's transsexual assistant secretary of health suggests America will soon embrace gender-affirming mutilation of children. No joke. Now, here, here's a quote from Biden. Florida banning child sex change is cruel and close to sinful. Governor Tim Waltz makes Minnesota a refuge for confusion, affirming genital manipulation and hormone treatments for kids. Wouldn't that be... Praise God, Oklahoma's not welcoming that. We stood against it. It's interesting, the, uh, just a little note, the Republican Party used our facility or four year there yesterday to have their meeting, they did a little poll about who would you vote for. There were three people got votes. Trump, DeSantis, and Nikki Haley. You want to guess who won? <laughs> Trump got 86%. I'll say it that way. But God's moving in the land, whoever you're for. We just need to know our Lord God. We need to trust Him. We need to know His Word. I wanted, I've been wanting to do this message this morning. I want to look at John uh, 6, 28 to start with. Welcome Facebook. I challenge you 
to stand in faith and trust the Lord. I'm glad you joined us. Have you found your place? Therefore they said to him, talking to Jesus, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? In other words, you have someone ask you, What's God's will? What do I do? Well, they asked Jesus. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. That you believe in Him who He has sent. Listen, it's easier to try everything else than to just trust Jesus. I mean, there's got to be something I can do. We've got a family standing in faith for their daughter, and we're standing with them. How do you work the works of God? Well, you go do all your solely stuff and come back and show me the fruit of it. And we've been all so guilty of that. We've done so many things. And good things, they're good to do. But there's a best. Doesn't it say something about the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I mean, there's good meals. There's perfect meals and there's exceptional meals. And I got to be a part of one of them last night. Boy, it was good. I'll get off. I've, I've got to quit talking about that. <laughs> How do you work the works of God? You trust in Jesus. Listen, there's a lot of times I say, Lord Jesus, I choose to trust in your finished work. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Then Hebrews 11.1, 1, you, you know these Hebrew verses. My favorite subject is to teach on faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The convictions of things not seen. Say, faith is. Faith is. Faith is. It's not just saying, oh, I've got, I'm believing for this, I'm believing for that, I'm believing. No, you've really got what you're believing for. Now, what's next? What are you really believing for? My mentor, Manly Beasley, was in Mexico and they stayed in a pastor's home. They were poor people. And the man said to him, we don't have much, we live by faith. And so Manly corrected him. He said, if you live by faith, you'd have what you needed. You can use that for an excuse. But faith is, it says it's something. It's something. By faith. Hebrews, what about Hebrews eleven six? Without faith? Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please Him. Then that's, that's great, but then it goes on. He that comes to God must believe that He is. He's real. And that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. You've got to hide these verses in your heart. You're, you're going to need them. We've got to stand believing in Him, in His finished work.
There's a song. I looked it up a month or two ago. I felt like the Lord reminded me of it. Then I heard it on the radio this morning. I told God, Dixie, I've got a couple of confirmations where I'm going this morning. It says, prayer is the key to heaven. But faith unlocks the door. Faith. It's easy to say faith. I know a man, I met him, that started a church years ago, probably 40 years ago. He was a carpenter. And he, no, he didn't start a church. He had a home group. And it kept growing. He got to be 30 or 40 people, and he decided he'd come to school. And he, he came to ministry school, and he went back, started his church, and within just a few years, he was running 1,500 people. This was in East Texas. I met him, heard him tell the story. But he said, you know, something wasn't right. And he said, I went to a man that I trusted, and I told him what we were doing and how I felt. And the man told him this. You're preaching faith for instead of faith in. Faith for instead of faith in. I mean, everybody, yes, I'll give you my car and God will have to give me a new one. And you may be walking. And some of them have tried that with their spouses. Right out of the pit. He went back to his church and he changed the way he preached. And the last I knew he was down to 300 from 1,500. Because they'll come if you tell them what they want to hear. I want to preach like I'm trying to empty it instead of fill it. I, I want to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Isn't that what Jesus did? I promise you he had sympathy, but he didn't sugarcoat it. Woe to you hypocrites! You Pharisees! That was the muckety-muck religious leaders of the day. That were the most educated, the most... They had more degrees. They had it. That's who he came against. Lord, we just bless you and thank you. I welcome all the gifts of God. I believe in them. We believe in your mighty Holy Spirit. But it's easy to just focus on one. And you can't do that. You'll, you'll get messed up just focusing on one. Now, it's okay for a little while. See, when we find a new truth, that's where we're at. That's it. But you, you've got to have them all. You've got to let God grow you in all the things that He wants to do. The Word of God's a... I mean, it's a big book. There's a lot of truths in there. There's a lot of gifts. There's got to be a balance to life. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 9. I just want to pick out a couple of gifts here this morning. To another faith. There's a gift of faith by the same Holy Spirit. 
to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. That's by the Holy Spirit. Those are great gifts. We need them. I'm going to show you a clip here in a minute, a story, a great story about that. But I was going to look at Romans 12, 3 first. You can put that up. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allowed to each a measure of faith. So, come on, let's say this. I have a measure of faith. See, you have a measure of faith, but there is a gift of faith that's a special gift, and I believe that some have. I'm going to show you a story about that. This is a story that's happened, I don't know, way back. R.W. Schembach was there as a young preacher. And I know some of you are old enough to remember him. He died in 2012, I think, as an old, older man. And Dixie and I, we've watched him a lot on TV and heard him. But he tells the story of A.A. A. Allen, who was born in, I believe, uh, 1911. He died in 1970. But was a man gifted with special gifts of healing. And Brother Schambach tells that story. And I want that to be part of the message this morning. So, Kyle, have you got that where we can show that now? Okay. John, you may need to dim the lights when they get this going. Is Jesus not the healer? See, no, no man can heal without God doing it through him or woman. Okay? But yet God has these gifts for us. You know, I'll tell you a story. I prayed for a guy at the barn one day. He was working for me, but it was kind of an unusual thing. He wanted to keep some horses there, and his part, he was going to help me. Well, my part of it, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, and I was pretty straight with him about it. But one day, I'd prayed for him about something, and God really touched him. And He told my nephew, he worked with my nephew later. He said, well, I really didn't get along good with your uncle. But I'll tell you one thing, he prayed for me, and I got healed. I mean, God can do what He wants to do. That's what Lonnie Jackson, some of you have known Brother Lonnie at the barn. And I prayed for him, and God's touched him, and I'll tell him about something. I was telling him about Dixie. He said, you just put them hands on her. Pray for her. You, know, you got it ready? Okay. Sinners will believe what you say. But it's church folks that don't believe it. Where be all your miracles? When we were in Birmingham, Alabama, I'll never forget it. I'll just paraphrase it. A mother from Knoxville, Tennessee came to Birmingham, Alabama with her little son, 
four years of age that was born with 26 major diseases. He was born blind and deaf and dumb and his tongue hanged out of his mouth. Lay on his chin. He had deformed lungs, deformed liver, deformed heart, only Two and a half chambers were functioning in the heart. He had no business to be alive. And she told me, she said, Brother Shambach, I preached the afternoon service. We called that the faith clinic to get him ready for the operating table tonight. Many of you need an operation tonight. And I've been praying about this. Let me go on just a little bit more about the story, but... She came to me, and in my spirit, I said, if God kept this boy alive four years, then he must be going to do something for him. Because the doctors told her that that boy would never see his first birthday. And he's approaching four. Both arms were deformed, matted together, elbows protruding up into the stomach, both legs deformed. The knees touching the elbows. He was in a fetal position. Expecting that child to die any moment. He was born without male organs. And he was born without feet. Twenty-six major diseases. And that woman stayed for a week like some of you are going to do here. Don't go home early. You don't know what's coming. That woman stayed for a week. She lived in a motel, ate three restaurant meals. She gave in every service. We had three services a day. And she came to me the following Sunday after I got done preaching and she said, is the man of God going to pray for my son? I said, I don't know. Because God used him in a supernatural way where he sees things. And he'd always take you on a trip. Halfway through his message, he was stopping. He says, uh, God... It's taking me on a trip. And I, I told her, I said, now, I don't know whether he's going to pray, but I'll tell you this one thing. If he does not pray, now, she told me, she said, I, I ain't got but $20 left. $15 is for the doctor. $5 is for gas to get me from Birmingham back to Knoxville. And you know that must have been years ago when gas was only 15 cents a gallon. Some of you young folks, you, you can't conceive that. But that's when it was cheap. And she said, all I have left is $20. And you ain't going to see no doctor for $15. And she said, I've got to take him back. Do you believe he's going to pray? And I said, I don't know. But I will tell you this one thing. If he does not pray for your child tonight, I will personally take that baby to the man of God's trailer house. We all lived in trailers. And I'll get him to lay hands on that boy before you go home. She said, you'll do that? I said, I'll do it. She 
she went back to her seat, got in the service that night. I introduced the man of God, and he come flying out there. And he said, I believe God's going to do great things tonight. He said, but before we do this, I'm going to take an offering. Doesn't that sound familiar? I hope you all obeyed God tonight when Pastor Parsley asked you to do something. Because that's what triggers many a miracle. It did in this case. And she said, all I have left is $20. And he came out and he said, I believe God's going to do great things tonight. But he said, before I preach, I want you to give God an offering of faith. And I never heard him use that terminology before this. And he said, now if you don't know what I mean, an offering of faith is giving God something you can't afford. If you can afford it, there's no faith connected to it. And I saw that little woman throw that little baby into the arms of another woman, and he leaped at, she leaped out into the aisle and came running. He was holding the offering buckets. We were in the fairgrounds auditorium there. I'll never forget this. And she came running down there and threw an offering into the bucket. She was three quarters of the way back and she was the first one to the bucket. I leaped off the platform and I went down and looked in the bucket. Because I'm nosy. I know what the woman had because she told me that afternoon and when I looked in that bucket I saw a $20 bill I ran behind the platform and I wept like a baby and I cried out to God and I said oh God I've been trying to teach faith to this woman all week but I said, please, Jesus, give me faith like I saw that woman manifest tonight. I don't know whether I could have done that. And you don't know whether you could do it unless you're in a similar situation. And I jumped back on the platform and he started to preach. He was into his message about 10 minutes and he said, I'm being carried away in the spirit. I said, oh no. Here we go on another trip. And all I have on my mind is that baby boy. And he says, I'm coming up on a white building. Oh, I know it. It's a hospital. I'm on the inside now and I hear a lot of babies crying. It's the maternity ward. He said, a little baby was just born. And there's four or five doctors around the table. And I hear one of the doctors saying, the baby won't live to see its first birthday. He said, the baby was born with, this is Brother Allen talking. The baby was born with 12, 16, 20. 26 major diseases. And I come alive. I said, my God, tonight's that baby's night.
He said, the doctors are wrong. The boy's alive. And he said, I see the mother getting into an old Ford, packing a suitcase, another lady with her. And he said, I see the Tennessee-Alabama border. He said, that old Ford's pulling into the parking lot. He said, lady, you're here tonight. Bring me your baby now. God is going to give you 26 miracles. Nobody told me this story. I was there. I was an eyewitness to it. And she came and put that baby in his arms. Mama was standing over there at the end of the platform. He paced back and forth. He said, I want everybody to stand. Close your eyes. I'm standing with him, pacing with him. I said, I ain't closing my eyes. I said, I've been waiting for this all week. I'm going to be scriptural. I'm going to watch and pray. <laughs> Darlene Bishop, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm going to watch and pray. And I watched. And the first thing I saw, those blind eyes, a milky color, whirlpools began to spin around. And all of a sudden, the whirlpool was gone. And I was looking into the eyes of a brown-eyed baby boy. The blind eyes open. I knew if God opened the eyes, I knew them deaf ears popped. And all of a sudden, the next thing, the arms started cracking and popping like cordwood. And both arms came out. Both legs simultaneously with the arms began to snap and brought both of those legs out. Remember the boy was born without feet and born without male organs. But here all of a sudden, and I saw this with my own eyes, God created feet on the little boy that had no feet. Brother Allen put that boy down on his brand new feet. No shoes. You don't put shoes on clubs. He had no shoes. Barefoot. Never saw his mama. Never talked. The tongue snapped back into his mouth for the first time. And he started taking off and running to mama. And I'm running right on his trail. And he leaped into his mama's arms and I heard him say his first words, Dwight. said, Mama! Oh, I'm telling you something, folks. That was the greatest night that I believe I was in because that precipitated other miracles. Twelve wheelchairs on that side. Twelve wheelchairs. And when you see wheelchairs, a lot of them are motorcycle accident victims. Broken backs and hips. No hope. On that side were 15 stretchers they brought in from the hospital. And all of a sudden when they saw that miracle of that little boy. Everybody in the wheelchairs 
Nobody laid hands on them. But all of them got up like a master sergeant commanded them to rise up. And they come out of the wheelchairs totally healed by the power of the living Christ. Every eye left the wheelchairs and every eye went to the stretchers. Anticipation set in. God never disappointed them. Nobody laid hands on them. No human hands. And everybody in those stretchers got up and walked out. Totally healed by the power of Christ. Ah, a notable miracle has taken place. One of the greatest, I believe, that I've ever seen. And it was precipitated by a $20 offering. Now that woman wrote me a letter. And this will top it off. She went to Knoxville and she said, I would have walked home just to get a new baby. I would have walked home. But she said, I didn't have to walk, Brother Shambach. She sent me the letter. She said, but you and that preacher left early that night. And I'm standing there, and he, she said, a little woman came and shook my hand. She was so happy for what God did for me. And she said there was a folded piece of paper between the palms. And she said she left it in my palm. And she said, I'm so glad for you. And she looked in her palm, and there was a $20 bill. And other people began to line up. And everybody that shook her hand had the same sensation between the palms. And they come by so fast, she said, I just opened my purse, Brother Shambach, and said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. <laughs> hey! What do you want? She said, Brother Shambach, I went in the ladies' room and counted all that money. She said, and I counted it. She told me what it was. And she said, isn't it just like Jesus? She said, I ate in three restaurants every day. Gave in three offerings every day. Paid the hotel bill. She said, God sent me home with more money than what I came with. And I'll never forget her P.S. P.S. Brother Shambach, you can't beat God given. No matter how much you try. I stole that from her, Perky. I made a book out of it. You just can't beat God given no matter how much you try. Now, how about that? Now, I know we could have a healing service right now and everybody would want to come. But let me finish. You know, I'm tired of uh, 
after church, hearing somebody say, I hurt so bad yesterday, I couldn't hardly sleep last night, I've hurt all day. And they didn't come and ask for prayer. There's a verse that says, call on the elders. See, we've got a part in this also. See, I believe 1 Peter 2.24, He Himself, Jesus, bore our sins in His body on the tree. So we being dead to sin, but we don't want to be dead to sin. You get many amens on that. Be dead to sin, but be alive in Christ. And that by His stripes we were healed. Listen, there's some We've got a part in some of this. We left the offering buckets up here just in case. Some of you know you just didn't obey God maybe this morning. I don't know. That lady obeyed God. She didn't care if she had to walk and carry that kid. A mother would have done that. And yet... Every pastor, every elder would say, we've prayed the prayer of faith and they didn't get healed. Also, there is no magic formula. It's based on Jesus Christ. See, that minister didn't just make up a story. He had a word from God and acted on it. I've saw several people, when they get a word and give it, people get healed. Because God gave a revelation just, just like that. Okay, I think it's interesting. I thought about this a while ago. I've been wanting to do this service, but I just thought about timing's good in your case on this service for you guys believing for your daughter. We believe she'll be restored. We don't want a formula. We want a person. See, we've seen Matthew 6.33. This is the kingdom of God. Jesus went about what? Healing the sick. Ministering to the poor. He went about doing these things. This is part of the kingdom of God. It's a part. It's a so needed part. We want to pray for the sick. But I want to pray for people who don't know Jesus to come to Jesus this morning. See, we preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He went to the cross. He paid the price. And yet, we want all God wants. We want all He's got, but we will not obey His Word. We will not obey God. He's saying, whosoever will may come. If you go to hell, it's your choice. You wouldn't come. You, you need something from God, and you're crying out to God, and yet you won't obey Him in something. You won't get baptized. You won't come and make a public commitment. Yes, I'm going to be a part of this, and I'm going to believe God with you. I'm a part, but don't expect me to do that. Don't expect me to go to 
this or that. I'm apart, but get over it. Get over it. Lord, you're just so good. Everett Piper spoke yesterday. What's the name of the university at Bartlesville? Wesleyan Christian. He was the leader of that. He said, kids kept complaining. He said, you're a bunch of babies. Grow up. I mean, he got raked over the coals about it, but he got on national TV in some good ways with some liberal men that he really spoke in their lives because they knew he was telling the truth. It's the same thing in the church. It's supposed to be onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. We might have to find that old song. Take up the cross and follow me was the words of Jesus. He is a healer. He is your provider. He will meet your needs. He knows. He knows all about you. He knows all about you and still loves you. That's my hope. He knows us. He knows. He'll give you the desires of your heart. You believe Him. He'll do that. He is doing that. It is God that's working in you to will and work for His good pleasure. And I'm going to tell you, you have to do what I have to do. I have to reckon me the old Gerald dead, but to, and yet then declare I'm alive in Christ. Because the me, the eyes, never quits wanting. We want the attention. We want our way. We want, we want, we want. And there's some people who have never admitted they've ever made a mistake. That'll be a great day when you do. Your life will change. He's the perfect one. He's the perfect one. Lord, we believe you. We trust you. This is the work of God. That you believe on him whom the Father has sent. See, that's what happened in that story. The word became alive. Get the word in you. Learn to speak the word. I don't care if it's... Start with Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in there. How are you going to know him without knowing his letter to you? Reading his letter. Well, you've read it. Let me tell you. By the time I could preach some new verses to you that I found this week. No telling how many times I've read them. But they, they come alive. He wants to come alive in you. What we were saying about dead men walking or rising up or dead men walking. There, there's a lot of that. We need to be who He says we are. We need to be know we're, we're saved. We need to know we've followed the Lord in baptism. We know... We're part of a fellowship. No lone, lone ranger Christians. 
What was that? The devotion this morning. Did you read the devotion this morning? said all of us together know more than one. All of us together know more than one. We need one another. We need someone to stand with us. And let me tell you, there's few that will stand with you. There's few. I've been working on a project. I've had two people ask me if they could help me. Two. But God, what are you believing God for? What do you need Him to do in your life? You've got something. You've got a need. You've got a desire. You've got something that if God doesn't come through, Brother Manley used to say, you need to live where if God doesn't come through, you're sunk. I think that's called putting it all on the line. Did that lady not put it all on the line? She'd done everything she knew for four years. Taking care of that baby, believing God. She made her trip. She sowed her seed. What, what are you doing? What, what's God wanting to do for you? You, you younger ones. It doesn't make you the youngest or the oldest one in here. God has got a plan and purpose for you. And you need Him just as much today as you'll ever need Him. Amen. You need Him to respond to you, to act in your life. See, I think what's wrong with most people, you've made some professions, but God has never really done anything in you to change your life. You've never had a, a time with God when you just knew you, you, had to, you had to give it all to Him. You knew you needed Him more than you needed life. You needed if you didn't if he didn't come through, you were in the pit. And listen, you can experience that as a Christian. We can turn back. We can turn back. Wasn't that in the devotion this morning? The preacher said, I carry this man with me wherever I go because I'm apt to be tempted. Was that in the devotion this morning? Yeah. He said he got very quiet when he confessed that. He just made that statement. It says, be careful when you stand. You can fall. We all could. Don't think, oh, it's not me. I'm, you'll be the first one if you think that. We've all had a bite of that apple, probably. But Jesus is alive, whether he's he wants to be all to you, whatever your need is, and I challenge you. And you just don't say, well, when I, you said, Pastor, what do you need? Well, everybody needs a new car and have their house paid off and no debts and have all the money they want. No, I'm asking you to be real. This is not Mother Goose. We do not, you live in a real world. You're, you can have all the faith you have, but you're probably still going to have to go to work tomorrow. But what difference is your life making on that job? 
or are you just a complainer and whiner? Even as a boss or an owner. But, I mean, the real desires of your heart. See, God puts his desires in you, and it's just so easy for us to kind of push them off to the side. Okay, some, I'm going to do it, but just not today. But yet, maybe you've got desires. Maybe it's for a business. If you're single, it's for a spouse. It's for a better job. I don't know. Maybe it's a health issue. Dixie and I are believing God to do things in our health. How to manage what you have. Charles is believing God for a place, his place to live. See, bring those things to him. If, will they bring honor and glory to him? Believe him for it. Ask him to give you a word on it. It may sound like a pipe dream to somebody else, but it could be God's will. Nobody will know but you. I understand he spoke to me about preaching. He might as well have told me to be an astronaut. It was that far away. And yet, you know what? I had some desires. But I, I knew I didn't have that in me at that time. In the church, first thing they wanted to do was license me and send me out. God said, just, you just stay. You just, you abide in the calling wherein I've called you. You just be faithful and I'll grow you up in my school. And that's what he's doing in you, if you're his. And some of you are in a great time in your life and you're complaining and screaming and hollering about it. And yet it's God that's working in you. I'm challenging you this morning to make the commitments he wants you to make. You be faithful to what he's calling you to do. He'll take care of all that stuff that you think you've got to go do and you've got to do and do and nobody's going to do it or it's not going to work and... How are we going to do it? You're always going to be living that dream. And you're always going to be coming up short. There's always something else. But if you give it to him, he'll show you how to manage it in the right way. If you need to be healed, we'll have a ministry team to pray for you. Some of you need to get your finances in order. If you need us to pray about that, we'll do that. Some of you need to come and really make a commitment. You know what God's calling you to do. Let's just stand. Is Jesus who he says he is? He is God's son. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He is the great I am. And we're all going to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. And we as Christians should be looking forward to those rewards. Now, just obey God this morning. Obey God this morning. Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door.
I challenge you to step out on what you're believing God to do. Come and say, I believe God wants me to do this. or He wants me to stop doing this. Well, there's one. Just come. Let Jesus be Jesus this morning. That's all. wherever God wants you to pray listen God is true he is faithful he'll do what he says he'll do everything you'll believe him before we're putting our faith on the line this morning these are crying out to God for more Lord we want more of you less of us and more of you We're here to meet with Jesus. Today's the day to meet with Him. But faith unlocks the door.
some that leave here today liberated no guilt no fear no self-condemnation because Jesus takes that Lord we bless you and honor you somebody get healed Dixie's being healed. That's a good confession. What else? No words? I felt like that uh, when Sarah walked in carrying that carrier, that was a prophetic sign, and I meant to say that earlier, and I forgot. Amen. God will give her the desires of their heart. Yeah, it ain't going to be somebody else's. 
What God started, he'll finish. It's been going on on Wednesday nights. We've kept it going. It, it was good with the men. I understand the ladies had a good time the other night. God's moving. He just wants us to join Him. If there's any waiting, He's just waiting on us. Lord, we thank You. Lord, we offer this service up to You. We give You the praise and the honor and the glory. And Lord, we, we do want more of You. We seek You. We seek you, Lord. I pray you give us divine assignments this week. Lord, I pray that we can meet with you personally this week. We could hang out with you. I know you're available. Bring us back Wednesday night. I love you and bless you in Jesus' name. Go in little Christ Jesus. I'm glad you were here today. Amen. 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 J. Tom.